Welcome to the London Health Podcast, the seventh in our series of podcasts on the power of practice nursing, the future of general practice nursing in London. My name is Roman Patria. I'm a programme manager for the Healthy London Partnership within the Transforming Primary Care Team in London. Today, Jonathan Sampson is interviewing Rachel Hodgkinson, a practice nurse at East One Health who is leading the childhood vaccination programme at her practice. Rachel talks about a number of challenges in registering newborns for vaccinations, the stigma around vaccinations heightened by the recent COVID pandemic and what their practice is doing to overcome these challenges. Rachel also describes how the practice is reinforcing the message of safety within the practice and building a strong relationship with parents so they feel reassured about getting their babies vaccinated. This is another podcast in our series, The Power of Practice Nursing. And today I'm talking to Rachel Hodgkinson, who works in East One Health in North East London. My name's Rachel and I'm a practice nurse uh, working at East One Health. And I've taken a lead on childhood vaccinations in the practice where I work. Thank you, Rachel. And thanks for agreeing to talk to us today. I know it's been a very busy time for everybody working in general practice. And you've had some particular challenges thrown up by the lockdown and the changes in working patterns caused by COVID. I wonder if you can explain the challenges with regard to registering new babies and childhood vaccinations. So some of the challenges that we found is that parents aren't registering their babies because they can't register the birth Um, due to COVID. They can't get birth certificates. Um, So they've taken this to mean that they can't register their baby at the practice. And other challenges in regards to vaccinations include parental concerns about attending the practice um, during the pandemic, uh, the anti-vax movement. Uh, spreading disinformation about vaccination, things like the disproven claim that the MMR vaccine causes autism or fears that vaccinating can overload the immune system. So those challenges have resulted, I guess, in reduced new babies being registered and a further reduction in vaccinations amongst children? Yeah, that's right. So tell me how you and your colleagues at East One Health have responded. Uh, So in terms of registering babies, we've um, used a number of different ways to try and identify newborns. So as soon as the GPs get the discharge summary from the hospital of a newborn, they will then task me and I've set up a template text uh, system which will go out to parents and give them details on how they can register online. Uh, My colleague Ketty is the admin lead for vaccines and she gets notified by the hospital of which babies have received their BCG vaccine at birth. So she's able to chase up parents that way. And we've also updated uh, the registration page on our website so that it includes more information for parents on how to register their newborn babies. Our local health visitor was contacted and she was able to disseminate information across her team to ask them to check the registration status of new parents and to encourage them to register at the practice. The maternity and early years clinical lead was also contacted and she was able to raise the issue more widely across the borough with health visiting and midwifery teams to really reinforce that message. And she was also able to use the Baby Buddy app to get more information out to new and expectant parents. We also set up a search for new mothers 
um, so that we could identify parents that way and try and catch up on babies who may not have been registered. In terms of parents' anxieties about coming into the practice, we're just reassuring them about the precautions that the practice is taking. So we're triaging all patients before they attend the practice. We've reduced face-to-face -face appointments and we have longer appointment times. So that will accommodate for social distancing in the waiting rooms and for more cleaning uh, in between patients. All patients that come into the practice wear face coverings. The nurses are wearing PPE. Got hand gel at the door and we're not using our main entrance, but patients are coming through a side door so that our reception team can better monitor who's coming in and out of the practice. And when we're doing our eight-week vaccines, we've set up a one-stop shop. So when they come in for the vaccines, they will also have their baby weighed and they will also have the GP come and do the six-week check at the same time to reduce the amount of appointments. I think it's really important to remember that the reason that parents are worried about coming into the practice and about COVID, that these are uh, valid concerns and that it's out of a place of love and out of a place of parents wanting to do the best for their child. So I think it's quite key that we're reassuring parents that by vaccinating their children, they are protecting them against serious diseases and that we respond to parents as individuals and respond to individual concerns and accommodate them where we can. So you might have, for example, a mother who is very anxious, who might not even want to come into the waiting room, but she might be willing to just come straight through to the nurse's room. And if that's going to be something that will enable her to vaccinate her child and that will reassure her, then why not? What is the specific contribution that practice nurses have made to maintaining essential general practice services? So practice nurses have built up relationships with their patients and it's only through those relationships that we were able to identify that parents weren't registering their babies because they couldn't get birth certificates. The practice nurses are really key in delivering the vaccination programmes and they have a wealth of information on immunisations. They're very involved in health promotion. So for our practice, uh, we've been contacting parents of children who are outstanding vaccines and we've developed escalation systems to better ensure that children don't slip through the net. So if parents call to cancel a vaccine appointment or if they don't bring their child, the appointment will be rescheduled there and then or a task will go out so that they stay on our radar and we continue to follow them up. If anyone calls to decline vaccines, our reception team will advise them that they need to discuss this decision with a nurse and one of us will contact them. This gives them and us an opportunity to talk through what their concerns might be. And it could be something they read online or something that someone said to them. It could be something really simple, like they might have been worried that there was gelatine in the vaccine and we can then offer them a gelatin-free version of that vaccine. And it gives practice nurses that are then able to give parents the information and the resources to empower them to make informed vaccine decisions. And if they still decline vaccines at the end of that conversation, we know that they've been fully informed and they fully understand the risks of the decision that they're making. And vaccines won't be coded as declined until that conversation has happened with a nurse. Thank you, Rachel. I wonder if you could describe the outcomes of the interventions that you've been putting in place over the last few months. 
So more babies are being registered. So they're not missing out on the vaccines and the health checks. They have that opportunity. Parents who previously declined vaccines have changed their mind and chose to vaccinate. And parents have been able to make more informed vaccination decisions and discuss through their concerns more with a nurse. We're not at the end of COVID yet. Potentially, there might be a second peak. Certainly, we're going to have to work with social distancing for some time. So I wonder what you and your colleagues within uh, East One Health are planning for the coming weeks and months. Do do you think these new ways of working will remain? So I think we've been able to develop a more robust system in identifying newborns, um, in making sure people are getting registered at the practice, in escalating um, children who are outstanding vaccines, in parents who are declining vaccines. And I think all of those processes and systems now that they are in place will be carried forward. In terms of future development, I think that we're moving more from opportunistic vaccination for some diseases to actively recalling. So the childhood schedule, all children will be recalled for vaccines, but there are other vaccines such as the MMR vaccine that we're now starting to run catch-ups for all ages because we know that as a nation we lost our measles-free status last year. And I think in the future we'll probably be running a lot more catch-ups for a lot more different vaccines. I think we will need to look at the way we're going to deliver the flu programme this year in light of COVID. And we might consider, for example, using community buildings like libraries and places that might be more accessible for parents or for people coming in for vaccines. But I think we'll just take it as we go along and we're always getting feedback from parents, from patients, and we're always changing things and developing things. And and as we see a, a challenge, we will come up with new ways of responding to that. I want to thank Rachel and Jonathan for their contributions today. Rachel highlighted so many key points that would raise concerns for parents during these unprecedented times. It's easy to see why a vaccination, something that is so important to protect children against serious diseases, can be delayed or in some instances rejected by parents. Rachel's candid approach to working with parents to build a relationship and Ghanaian trust by taking time to understand their concerns and needs further emphasises just why the role of a practice nurse is so important. By listening and giving GPNs a voice, we will enable them to support their GP family and help protect patients as we move beyond the initial stages of a COVID pandemic. Finally, I want to thank HEE, NHS ENI, Capital Nurse and HLP for their support in creating this podcast. We are bringing you a series of podcasts highlighting the power of practice nursing over the next few months. Please do subscribe to our series. Do also share your own stories of practice nursing on social media with the hashtag LondonGPN. We look forward to hearing from you.